This is episode number 10 with tech pioneer Shinta Danuardoyo, CEO and founder of Bubu.com and angel investor. Welcome to the Masters of Cashflow podcast. My name is Andrew Senduk, a former banker turned tech entrepreneur. And in each episode, I interview the movers and shakers of the venture capital and investment space in Southeast Asia, with the only goal to help you discover how to raise more capital, build better companies, and to give you a better understanding of the people behind the biggest funds in the region. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now let's get started. All right, beautiful people, welcome to uh, another show. Uh, today I am uh, I'm more than thrilled, I'm excited and pumped all at the same time to be connected uh, with uh, my friend Shinta Danu Vardoyo. We've known each other since, uh, since when? Since I think 2014 maybe, when we walked yeah, into this. Yeah, uh, 2013 or 2014. 13 or 14, oh, yeah. when we were yes. part of the Digital Advisory Board. Uh, which was an amazing experience and good to, that we connected. But um, I'm happy that you're here. Uh, where to start? Where to start to give an intro about Shinta? Uh, I think um, definitely one of the pioneers of the tech industry and, and a role model for many. But I just want to highlight a few things. Uh, founder CEO of Plaza.com, which was a e-commerce portal and part of Telcom Indonesia. Uh, you were a managing partner of Nusantara Ventures, which is also one of the early, early VCs uh, back in the days. You know, I think one of your main... Pride and Joy is, of course, that you are the CEO and founder of Bubu.com, which has been around for 25 years, uh, a digital yeah. interactive media agency that develops uh, into all types of ventures nowadays. Uh, and you're also very active within Kadin, which is a chamber of commerce and industry within Indonesia. Uh, Shinta, thank you so much for making time and connecting thank today. Thank you for inviting. Always. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So how are you? Uh, good. Life is, uh, life is well. Life as well. The sun is shining. Of course, you were in Bali, <laughs> so life is great. <laughs> the sun is shining. Uh, everyone is healthy, so so nothing to complain. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for talking today. Uh, let's just uh, dive into it, uh, Shinta. I mean, you're so involved sure. within the industry. Uh, you've seen the tech the tech industry evolve. I mean, being a, a an agency, a digital interactive agency, 25 years ago, there wasn't a lot to be digitalized. So so how what has been kind of like your your takeaway if you look at the last 25 years? How has the market evolved? What are kind of like key, what are key things that you've seen that are really standing out within the maturing of the tech industry within Indonesia? Yeah, as you can see, like I started in '96. That was like 25 years ago. There was nothing yeah. back yeah. then. People don't really even know what internet is. So we started like when we talk to clients, we have to educate first what is internet. Yeah. <laughs> before we're selling our website you know and then that's another that's another journey we have to go through like explaining what is a website but yeah. now you know like everybody like uses mobile phone mm. everybody's online if they're not online then you know i don't know where you are yeah yeah so i guess uh this is like the exciting time of the digital era in indonesia i mean like we've seen how uh, all the startups all the unicorns the decapcorns uh were like uh, actually reigning the the Southeast Asia region, you know. Yeah. So I'm very happy with with what's happening these days. Like finally, I see it because you know, and I know it's been taking a while in Indonesia because I remember like five years ago, I was like, why still here? Why are we still here? And then yeah. then now it's like just boom, like everything yeah. is just uh, moving so fast. And you know, we see all the big. Uh, internet companies, all the digital companies, all the tech companies. So it's very exciting time. 
So, so the the exciting part, I think, especially maybe was a maybe Grab has been a cap a catalyst as well. I think Gojek for sure with the big fundraising and Tokopedia, of course. But I think Grab going 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 public through the spec has been a big one for the for the ecosystem, right? Which brings me to a topic of uh, of valuations and an actual uh, profitability, which I find an interesting topic in general, because we okay. we talk about Indonesia as a as a land of opportunity, which I think. And I believe it is, of course. Uh, but then, of course, there's there's the time frame that companies need, uh, that tech companies need to actually become a feasible business. To become a feasible business, you need to have paying clients. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about like all these big raises that are happening right now, uh, uh, and 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 the valuations that are that are linked to these big raises, right? While actually, these companies might not really be profitable. Well, as I know, you were just uh, talking about the Grab Spec. It's like mm. probably the largest uh, blank check merger yeah. Yeah. <laughs> today, right? Like thirty-nine point six billion, mm. um, and it's probably the largest U.S. equity yeah. offering in yeah, Southeast Asia. Sure. So yeah. this is like uh, for Southeast Asia for the region is very exciting because then we know that Indonesia also the next one because you know we have all this big tech companies also coming out from Indonesia yeah. and I think at, at the end of the day you know um, like myself I'm an entrepreneur I'm kind of probably like because I started early so I'm on the traditional side of it so I always always want to make sure what uh, you know all the startups whatever they're doing they need to monetize from the beginning yeah like, you know, um, about the valuation and everything that comes later when mm. you're like, you know, already like uh, making sure your company is actually making money, it's profitable. And then, you know, there's always that, you know, financial engineering at the end yeah. of the day with all yeah. this company. Yeah. But this is actually proving that, you know, um, it's a, it's, I think it shows validation um, that uh, with this tremendous offering, you know, like with the SPAC and everything else that, you know, this region is really exciting. Mm. You know, Indonesia can be super exciting as well, you know. Mm. So um, I think that's more like on the positive side of it is that you have to see that there's just so much opportunity. There's so much excitement with all this, um, you know, uh, SPAC and IPO going on in yeah. the region and in Indonesia, yes. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I think it really shows that... Um people are starting to value or justify the, yeah. the sheer amount of population that there's in Indonesia and Southeast Asia, right? And, and yes. being able to convert that into dollars or a market as well. When we, let's, let's, let's talk about like your angel investment uh, yes. uh, side and activities because you've been in the tech industry so long as well. Like what, um, where, where are you now on angel investments wise? Because you've, you've previously, you did also some angel investment groups and you did some initiatives there as well that maybe you can share a bit more on what, you, what you've done. Yeah, so um, in 2015, actually, we started an angel network. It was called Angel EQ Network uh, mm. with a few of my friends were probably like 12 to 13 of us. And, um, you know, we, we invited all the high net worth individuals, of course. And it's just so happened, um, you know, three out of those 12 to 13 people became ministers. Mm. So we actually incubated ministers instead yeah, yeah, yeah. of startups. Ministry incubator, <laughs> ministry incubator. So, but, you know, I'm happy. So we decided like, uh, because I think uh, one, one of our members was going into politics and the other ones, you know, they're all like become so busy. So we decided uh, to close that network in 
2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, uh, right now we have our startup Indonesia.co platform. Yeah. And actually, uh, one, uh, we will be adding this uh, angel investor network in there as well. Later oh, that's, on. A, that's amazing. So maybe you can share more about startup Indonesia because that's, a, I find it a very needed uh, yes. initiative. So startup, uh, startupindonesia.co is actually a platform to help connect startups to the ecosystem of startup in Indonesia, which is mostly our investors, mentors, angel investor, venture capitals, or you know, incubators. So we want to be able uh, to give equal access to all startups in Indonesia to, to be able to access the same uh, information, the same knowledge, mm. the same network, you know, because Indonesia is 17,000 island and, you know, it's so hard uh, for different uh, cities to be able to connect it like to the venture capital, for instance, just, you know, even the venture capital is not easy to reach, right? Yeah. You know, let alone you're in another city, not in Jakarta. So, you know, this platform, the idea is to help that connection. Uh, so um, we, we do like what we call speed pitching, which is like a speed dating with the venture yeah. capital. Yeah. You know, of course, we curate the startups. You know, you have to sign up. You have to, you know, um, put in your deck and everything else. And then once we curate which startup is actually already ready to meet investors. So uh, we, we help to connect that. Uh, we've been doing our speed pitching like for the fifth time, I think now. And uh, we work with about 40 venture capitals from Indonesia and across the region. Wow. So, uh, you know, even we work with big names like Sequoia, mm. you know, and all that. So, yeah, this is like a good opportunity for mm. anyone to actually uh, get connected to the right ecosystem for startups. And the idea is actually not to have only startup from Jakarta, but also from outside of Jakarta. And we, we actually reached that point where 52% of our curated startup are from outside of Jakarta. Wow. So that's great. Yeah, 52%. That's so amazing. we yeah that was that was our one of our mission and goal uh, is to actually have startup from anywhere in Indonesia to be able to connect with the right ecosystem. Yeah. So that's the idea of startup Indonesia, and of course, uh, because you know when we talk about angel investing or angel investors, it's part of what the ecosystem of startups. So we want to add that later on as well. Right now, we we just have a few angels, but it's not under a network or whatever, mm. but. Later on, we want we want to make it more formalized. Yes. Yeah, I love that. So I think there's like two interesting topics, right? Number one is is the 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 the, the talent which is uh, not in the tier one city, but in the tier yes. two or tier three or tier four cities. Yes. That's number one. And, and number two, more on the on the angel investment procedure. So let, let's talk about number one for or number one first, which is more about talent, right? But if you say fifty two percent is now from entrepreneurs or startups that are based outside of Jakarta, uh, which is I think very exciting because it just because we, we, I think everyone is always so focused on Jakarta and the big city, yeah. uh, but there's so much talent outside, right? Um, so are there are there any quote unquote success stories or are there any any um, examples now of let's say I don't know uh, startups that have been applying from smaller cities and are now in the process maybe of getting funding or is there anything you could share there or? Uh, there's a startup called Mall Sampah which is based in Makassar. Okay. And yeah, and what they do is they help um, connect. How do you call that? You know, people who actually pick up your trash. Yeah. 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 So this 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 platform is actually helping. Uh, you know, for the trash problem in yeah. cities. 
Yeah. So um, that's one of the startup that I see uh, been getting a lot of traction from wow. different uh, different venture capitals because you know they they have also that social responsibility yeah. within their yeah. So yeah, that one came from Makassar actually, wow. uh, and. I know the the founder sometimes have a hard time in speaking English, but that didn't stop him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because uh, he have he has also a board of advisors who can also help him. They all speak English, of course. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, there's always ways, you know. Like, you know, don't don't be so discouraged just because you know you're from a, a smaller city exactly, or you're you're exactly. from Jakarta. You know. So I think. Um, you know, we'll be sharing a lot of great stories coming from uh, Startup Indonesia. But I think that's one. And then, you know, also we should talk like how uh, women founders also. So oh. we looked at women yeah. founders as well. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, and there's this um, startup called Jahitin, like which is sewing, you know. Mm. Um, and she actually helps connect uh, all the tailors with the right projects. Oh, wow. And, you know, yeah, she's, She's working with 2,000 tailors, I think, within the platform already. Mm. And, you know, she's one of the women founder that actually uh, stand out. And, wow, and that's, that's amazing. And all, the, all these guys or, or girls that, that, uh, that come in with their pitch decks, uh, Startup Indonesia also mentors them from a, let's say, P&L perspective, like just hardcore metrics. Um, not, I don't think we can like mentor a lot of them, yeah. uh, but you know, during, usually when you do the speed pitching, some of them actually come to me, mm. like uh, not necessarily, they also meet the venture capital, but they make time to meet me. Yeah. So that's probably the only time like I get to see whether, you know, there's a potential startups yeah. to help to get mentored. But actually what we do also in Startup Indonesia, we have the consultancy part of it. So yeah. if you want to like, there's, of course, there's a fee for that. Uh, we, uh, we do charge for that. So if you want to get, uh, you know, consulting session yeah, yeah. and then, you know, like help with your deck, help with your pitch mm. and then help with your business model there's 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 that consultancy part as well actually yeah, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's something that we can actually work together actually. we and can we can <laughs> definitely uh, so yeah. Shinta, let's let's talk about this uh this angel investment procedure right i mean yeah. compared to a normal vc route uh where you go through uh yeah you go through the different meetings you go through the dd um yeah how how and I think with angels, it's it's much more of a gut feeling. But but can you share yeah. more on at least how you did it in the past or how you look at angel investing nowadays? Like what's kind of like your procedure <laughs> before, you know, uh, checks get written? All right. <laughs> so I think uh, especially when we talk about angel investing, like you said, it's more like, you know, mm. what is the chemistry? Yeah, exactly. The, you know, the investor and the yeah. startup. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, I always... Okay, of course, in the beginning, you're attracted with the product, right? Mm. Of that startup, for instance, mm. there's startup A. Okay, I like the product. Mm. But at the end of the day, who, I be, who I'm going to be investing is not the product, but yeah. it's the founders, yeah. the, the yeah. team, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is what I usually do, I would sit down. If I already like the product, I would, you know, talk more with the founders, co-founders, the team, and, you know, like really have one-to-one conversation and it, it cannot be just one or two times it probably takes you know mm. uh, several times and then I see if I have chemistry and if uh, I think the the founder or the co-founders are you know really hardcore entrepreneurs you know and whether you know they're you know 
there's somebody that re- really stands behind what they believe in. Like they have to believe in what they're doing and they have yeah. to be passionate with what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Because it's not easy being an, an entrepreneur. You, you go up and down all the time. Yeah. You get stressed a lot. And then once you're not doing things based with your passion, then, you know, you might just check out anytime and you don't want it's that, right? Yeah. Yes. So, so I think that's the most important thing for me is to actually understand whether uh, the one running the company is someone who is really passionate about what he or she is doing. Mm. Once um, that's established and then whether, whether uh, that person is, you know, really um, somebody who, who, who's able to take risks, who's able to, you know, be innovative, creative, mm. that's, I think the word creative, innovative, that's really, really important also if you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, my job as an angel is not only like, you know, maybe the money is not going to be as big. But I think uh, one of the biggest uh, thing that an angel can give you is the network. Yeah. The network yeah. and also uh, the fact that, you know, he or she will be, you know, helping you, handholding you if you have problems, you know. So it's it's a lot of work being an angel, actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because, you know, you're, you probably get more attached with the startup if, you know, you really like the startup. Well, that's my case. You know, if, yeah. if um, I decided to go into a startup, then, you know, I, have, I do have to give time because, um, you know, they're in the early stage and, you know, you want to make sure, you know, they, they're doing the right thing and you know they're going to be able to go to the next level which is you know meet venture capitals and all exactly yeah. exactly and and what would be let's say the demographic of uh of this type of angel uh companies in that Indonesia. are they're reaching out to angel investors like are they pre-revenue always or are they people that are they these companies already making revenue like what's kind well, of like how it looks like well i think different angels have different uh criterias in my case I like to see uh, the company um, is already actually monetizing okay. and uh, they have a, at least a team. When I say a team, it's like at least have a CTO, Yeah, you know, you have the yeah. CEO and, you know, the CTO, CEO, CEO can be slash CMO, but, you know, you yeah. really need a CEO if you're a tech company. So, you know, make sure uh, they have the team. I think that's one of the most important thing uh, that I look at as well, because I think you're doing it alone or just the two of you, it's not going to work. I mean, like yeah. you have to have at least a few people in your team and because you, you can't do anything by yourself, basically. And profitability, <laughs> profitability, is that something that you, there's a requirement to, that these guys are profitable? Uh, well, if it's like angel round, it's very hard, you know, like um, to find a company that is already profitable and looking mm. for an angel. Mm. Uh, mm. Usually that's already like in the next uh, phase of yeah. uh, getting one. So usually um, angel round, uh, I just make sure they know they have a good business model. Yeah. And they're already monetizing. So it means like they have traction, right? Because, yeah. you know, yeah. when they have traction, then people actually need whatever they're making. Yeah. 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 And check size, like what would the angel angel ticket would be? Like below 100,000 US or? I think I think uh, ticket size can be variable. I mean, like it can, you know, start even with 5,000 US mm. to even like 250,000. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So there was, there's no like, a benchmark or there's no like a formula that you know if you're an angel you have to come in above mm. this number no not mm. really like mm. you know sometimes okay. the money can be super small 
but then you know the, the power of network if you yeah, yeah, yeah not just you know for your network but you know for you know helping them um you know how to manage the company and stuff like that give mm. advice of course yeah and how would you as an angel how looking at a looking at a startup that maybe started with a with an angel round and then goes into let's say pre-series a series a and goes yeah. through the whole process right um yeah. how do you make sure as an angel that your that your equity is not going to be diluted to like nothing because you're there from the early stage right so that's and when more people come more people want a piece of the pie like how do you protect that i think i think uh, you can't really do much about that except yeah. if you talk to the to, if you talk to the uh, founder like mm. from the beginning for instance hey you know i only have like five percent but can you make sure like you know after certain Uh, only after a certain round that my my stake is still stay the yeah. same. That's something that you can talk to the yeah. founder in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Then you know at the end of the day, um, you know I understand a lot of venture capital sometimes you know buys out the share of the angel as well. Yeah, because you know just to make things cleaner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, um, there's no again there's no hard formula on yeah. that like how it should go, but it's something that you can always discuss with your. Uh, your startup yes yeah because that would mean that let's say an angel comes in uh of course has a specific equity percentage for that and then the moment that maybe the company is gonna grow into series a or series b then the the new investors would would clean up the cap table and then an angel could exit yeah. on that moment right yeah yeah so that would be part of it and then you know you can the angel can always stay as a board of advisor yeah exactly yeah, yeah because you know usually um At the end of the day, the angel will stay as a board of advisor. Yeah. 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 And, and 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 okay. So so we understand like check size. Uh, we understand let's say uh, relationship. I think relationship is important, right? You have a relationship with the yeah. with not only the founder and CEO but also the team and really the leadership team. Um, yes. Like looking at from a let's say from from start to finish. Let's say let's let's yeah. assume the check size would be fifty thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Assume the check size is fifty thousand dollars. Like, how long would it take for an angel, in general, to 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 wire the money? To wire the money from the first moment that you know I come to you, I say, yeah, boo, uh, I'm uh, I'm looking to raise fifty thousand dollars. Okay, you get to know me and the team, and then uh, mm-hmm. you do your due diligence, let's say, right? Which is going to be mostly on 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 gut feeling, I think, uh, yeah, and a bit of and a bit of PNL, of course, a bit of PNL. But how long would that yeah. take? Um, or how long can again, it, it depends. It depends. Yeah, but you know, usually, like if I'm already comfortable with the startup, um, you know, if I promise fifty thousand, I may not give all the fifty thousand yet. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. What I will do. Like, yeah. I'll do it in tranches. Yeah. Because in tranches, and then, um, you know, I would give some kind of KPI yeah. to the startup. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's um, you know, if it's like the first round, once we agree, we sign agreement, yeah. then the money can come easily, like any yeah. days, you know, like within a week, even, yeah. you know. But yeah. then I'm not gonna give that fifty thousand all at once. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. That's just me. I mean, different angels have different ways of doing it. Yeah. But in my case, I would like do it in tranches, probably. Like, yeah. and then you know, like, hey guys, if you hit this number, I'm gonna take, uh, you know, draw down my my yeah, investment yeah. again, like you know. So that way, it's like for them, it's also a way to push themselves as well. Yeah, and a bit of accountability, right? And I think what a lot of people don't know is that even big VCs, they could also drop the money 
in it, trenches exactly, like that. Exactly. I mean, that, exactly. happens, that happens a lot, actually. Yeah. It happens a lot, actually. You know? All uh, the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. It's, it's very, uh, it's going to be an exception if, if someone gets like $100 million. Like, like the whole money down. Yeah. That, would yeah. Be, uh, that would be a bit insane, right? So, so what brought yeah. you actually into the angel investment space? Because you, let's say 25 years ago, you started Boo Boo, I think more from a creative perspective, and, and you saw like the, the opportunities within the digital scene, right? Uh, what what brought you into the whole investing and the annual investing space in the beginning? Okay, I think it started because I was a venture capitalist in 2010 with Nusantara yeah. Venture. I was a yeah. you know managing partner there, and so that's my first time meeting all the startups mm. and meeting the ecosystem of venture capitals. Because you yeah. know I start meeting all the venture capitals, and from there on, it's nonstop meeting startups. Because yeah. once you're in the investment space, all the startup just comes to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it will flood my LinkedIn, it will yeah. flood my Instagram, my yeah. email, my WhatsApp and whatever. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, we created StartupIndonesia.co as well. is to mm. actually put all the deal flow in there instead of yeah. my inbox, right? <laughs> that's one of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a practical reason. <laughs> yeah, so that's a practical reason in the yeah. beginning. One of it, you know. So, um, yeah, so from there on, because, you know, we keep on meeting startups and then, you know, we have our event ID Byte and Google Awards that you've yeah. been part of. Yes. Yeah. And we always like meet startups, right? We go to different cities, we do pitching, uh, you know, events and all that. So, you know, might as well do angel investment. You yeah, know? exactly. Because, because, you know, I... I do personally meet a lot of startups. Yeah. I do talk to a lot of startups. I mentor a lot of startups. Yeah. And, you know, it, sometimes I even forget that I've mentored them in the past <laughs> until they come back to me and they remind me like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think it's just natural, I guess, because, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you are already part of the ecosystem and yeah. you do want to see this young young talented people to grow faster. And, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm just happy to be surrounded by young bright minds of indonesia and you know actually get smarter with them yeah. as well because i learn yeah. a lot from them yeah yes, of course, yes. of course. not only one way definitely yeah yeah of course and, and when we go back to lucentara ventures right the, the the fund that you were involved with um mm-hmm. what was the what was the transition moving into that specific investing back then like how was it difficult i mean is it the same as like entrepreneuring in a new new industry because back then uh, investing was also new for you right or did yeah, you do yeah. investing before no i've ne- i've never done investment before nusantara venture so that was like uh, yeah I, i don't no i didn't it was just more like i built my own companies before that like 2000 yeah. um, me and my partners built a number of dot coms mm. like dot coms company like we did, we did corridor.com like one of one of the new i um, the not new i mean like one of the first um news portal sorry news portal mm. and then we had like nasgor.com entertainment portal we had yeah. mailkita.com giving emails you know so that was like the early days and we didn't have any investor it was just our money we we find partners who wants to put in the money together so there was no um no investors no yeah. angel investors yeah. you know but um i think it's like progression then you go in you go into a venture capital and then uh, actually my first our first investment not mine because it was new central ventures investment was malasbanget.com oh yeah 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 so it's still around right Indonesia. still still living right? still around uh, christian sugiono's company yeah, yeah. was our first investment because there were not many company you know that we can invest yeah, in yeah exactly Indonesia. exactly 
Or you can literally count by fingers, you know, exactly. probably 10, you know. Yeah, and then, yeah. So, um, so we, we actually did invest in companies outside of Indonesia as well. Mm. Uh, not just in Indonesia, because, you know, we don't have much choice, right? Uh, but we stick into the technology sector and media sector at that time. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was not easy because, you know, it's new thing in Indonesia, especially, but we do get to meet like the first early um, venture capitals players that come into yeah. the country. Exactly. I get to meet most of them. Like they all come because like, oh, you're probably like the first Indonesian uh, venture capital. So mm. they all come and we start talking. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I think my stories has been always too early for everything. You know, I started things too early before anyone. <laughs> But you know that's that's probably an asset for me as well today yeah, because sure. you know I get to meet everybody before yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's I think it's such a good point, right? I mean, talk about let's say the time when Nusantara was started, and you compare it to yeah. the VC landscape now, uh, or or even the angel landscape now. I think it's so much bigger. I mean, I always yes. look at it from let's say VC funding globally speaking, right? I think fifty mm-hmm. plus percent is purely within the US. And then uh, the rest is outside, right? Yeah. So I think, and, and when you look at the VC space in Indonesia, I think it's also been accelerating in the last maybe five, six yeah, years. That's a hockey stick, actually. Hockey stick, right? Deal flow-wise, <laughs> rounds-wise. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think? Because I think what you, what you just described is I think every VC will have that challenge, like deal flow. <laughs> where, where, where do I get the, the right deals? Where do I find the right talents and the right entrepreneurs to invest in? Yeah. How do you think that VCs then would, um, differentiate themselves because bottom line is I have money and I want to invest it in someone. That's kind of like bottom line. But everyone, everyone has that. Yeah, as, as a VC, yeah. everyone has that challenge, right? Like I have money to spend. Who do I spend it okay. on? Uh, mm-hmm. So everyone is like fighting or, or trying to solve this deal flow thing. Isn't mm-hmm. it difficult then if everyone is fishing in the same pond with the no, select the number is, of there, were, there were not many feces then as well. Yeah, yeah but like, nowadays, but nowadays. Oh, now, nowadays, of course, like, you know, um, everybody has its own portfolio. But the thing is, there's just so many startups now and they're all yeah. looking for investment. For, yeah, for invest, you know, yeah. for, for funding. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, banyak banget, like a lot yeah. of them, you know, uh, especially that we have startupindonesia.co, so we see it all the time. So now the idea is like, if they're really good startup, of course they start like looking which VC they, yeah, they yeah, want to yeah, choose, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You, if you're just a startup starting, you know, and they make sure you can get some funding, they're not that choosy at the end of the day. Yeah. So who can um, give you the money? Who can write yeah, the check? Who can give you the money the fastest, the easiest, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and if you look at, uh, let's say, for example, I lo- I'd love to ask this question because I kind of like give me also a bit of, uh, indication on where you think the biggest opportunities are, right? So, so let's assume that that you would have hundred million dollars to spend right now as a fund, right? What would be, let's say, the three main industries that you believe are going to be game changers? I think, I think until today, um, education will be still moving strong, going mm. strong. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and then, of course, there's that health sector because we're in pandemic and we're probably still going to be in this in this stage until I don't know when. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, the game changers, that's, you know, like 
the not the future is here or this the AR and the VR, you mm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the augmented reality, the virtual mm. reality, mm. because that's that's the next thing. Not just gaming, not just used for gaming, but it's used for health, for education, for everything else, for uh, fitness. Everything's gonna go to that route. And mm. you know, if you see uh, big companies who are into the AR, VR, and you know all those gaming, they're already you know when they raise fund, it's always like beyond 100 millions right yeah, yeah. massive yeah yes yeah. massive yeah. so that's probably like you know the next that's not the next big thing it is the big thing right now and mm-hmm. it's going to go on for a while you know mm-hmm. of course there's that machine learning data big data and all that's part of it already that's mm-hmm. part of it you know? mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah i think the, the the first point is is one interesting right education i had this discussion i i mentioned this often actually in interviews because I find education this kind of like a catalyst type of object, right? Uh, a topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a discussion about the Chinese, the Chinese tech landscape, and okay. the Chinese valuations and just pure size of of companies yeah. there compared to Indonesia. Uh, and everyone always says like, "Oh yeah, where where's China now? Okay, Indonesia is going to follow, let's say, five years after or maybe ten years after." Uh, okay. What do you think would be a uh, What do you think would be the catalyst for the Indonesian tech landscape to reach that size? I mean, apart from population, of course, but just in size of value creation, similar like an Alibaba and you know the, the big the big Chinese tech companies. Will Indonesia be able to to reach such volumes as well, such size? I think with us, it's always about infrastructure. You know, mm. we don't we don't have like uh, the best infrastructure yet. And yet we're here already. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Our, our, you know, our infrastructure is still expensive, and it's still not the best. Mm. And uh, we are 17,000 islands. It's yeah, make, yeah, yeah. Making it more difficult compared to other countries. Mm. So those are the challenges that we have to overcome first before we can get really big. Because even our neighboring countries probably get way, way better internet than us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that. You no, know, the infrastructure I think can be, uh, you know, a game changer. We have something like affordable, and it's for everybody, mm. and it's for anyone, not just in the big cities. You know, that's that's probably the game changer later on, and hopefully it's going to happen soon. Yeah, we don't mm. know, but mm. I think that's that's one of the most important thing uh, because we're just such a spread out country. That's the problem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Infrastructure is bigger. Seventeen thousand islands. I remember. I remember when uh, when I launched uh, our e-commerce company. I think one of the first oh, orders, yeah. our first orders was actually a, a sofa bed. You know, sofa bed. You can buy the IKEA. You can like make it into a couch. We had to send yeah, it yeah. to Sumba. We had to send it to Sumba. So actually, somebody buying it there, right? Someone buying Because it they there. They cannot get it. They cannot get it there. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-mm. Yeah. So we But had to say like. Yeah, that that is the problem. We had to pay like uh, like two million in uh, shipping fees, and the sofa bed was like one million, I think. But uh, oh my god, seriously? yeah. But 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 uh, but I think that but I think it's it's so true, right? I think that the, the potential of connecting the islands, and if yeah, if Indonesia's infrastructure would be yes. would go to the next level, that would be amazing for the landscape as well, right? Exactly. And, and, and what about education? I think education. When we talk about edutech and just talking about yeah. in general. Um, mm-hmm. What's kind of like do you see uh, with with talent? 
because I think uh, any any company is going to fall or stand um, or excel based on the talent it has. Uh, do you see any in the last you know even in the last ten years any any trends that you see when it comes to talent, either local grown talent or maybe talent which which is coming from abroad? Because back then, let's say uh, early 2010, 12, 13, Rocket Internet was big, where a lot of external talent came into the country. Yeah, educated, and then new new talents were born. Like, what is what is what are things that you've seen when it comes to uh, to local talent development? I think uh, you know because I'm I'm part of a different organization. You know, there's alumnas, which is uh, the alumni for the U.S. graduates, mm. and then uh, there's Permias, which is Permias is the organization for students who are Indonesian but outside in, in the U.S. Yeah, those are very like a good organization that most because when I talk to them, most of them wants to come back to Indonesia. Actually, mm. they want they want to uh, you know be this excitement of the tech startup growth and you know whatever. So uh, when I talk to them, they you know I get a lot of uh, the students asking like, how can you know I come back and start my own startup? Yeah. So I think that could be. Um, a great way to actually bring in talent you know mm. but sometimes i would tell them can you just like at least work in the u.s like for yeah, one yeah, yeah. or two like for two years two years or more mm. you know it's okay like then you come back because you know we want to be able to get a leader who yeah. you have other experience yeah. you know who can you know bring that that experience back to the country yeah. so um or you know when you know when because you know i we started this this non-profit organization called swata which is silicon valley asia technology alliance with a couple of my friends in in silicon valley what mm. we do is we usually bring startups to silicon valley for a week of you know immersion like we we yeah. uh, connect them to different companies so when we we visit google or facebook there's actually a lot of Indonesians there as well, working there in Silicon Valley. Mm. So those are the people that we want to, uh, you know, for them to come, come back, back to the country because yeah. they work in big tech giant companies. Yeah. And then, you know, they can be like, you know, somebody who start a programming school, for instance, yeah. or, you know, start another startup here in the country, but, you know, they have the experience of, uh, you know, working on, with a tech giant. So, mm. Hopefully, that's something that we can um, groom um, and have more of in the country. Um, but I think our problem is still the same until today, which is we don't have uh, the high-skilled developers or programmers, mm. which is very important. When, yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you talk about uh, digital economy, yeah, of course, you have to talk about who's doing the programming, who's yeah, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. the machine learning, yeah, who's yeah. doing the data science, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. So we are lacking those people, and you know, um, I'm hoping that you know I can start a school on that. But we just um, we're still on the talk with some partners. So we want to start up uh, developer schools, you know. And okay, I think that's what's needed because there's a lot of uh, unicorns coming out in Indonesia as well. If they don't have mm. the right talent, I don't think mm. they can grow. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's kind of like at the heart of everything, right? This uh, yeah. someone who can code. Yes. Even even though nowadays, I mean, there's so many 
so many SaaS uh, software around that you know you can yeah. build upon. But I think someone who, who can code and you know building a developer school, I think that is that is amazing. And I think the the ecosystem definitely uh, definitely needs that. And, yeah. and, and talking about entrepreneurs, I mean, there's there's so many now uh, unicorns. There's uh, decacorns uh, locally grown. Yeah. Um, like, is there any is there any entrepreneur that you say like uh, I, don't, I don't know if you can name names actually, but that that <laughs> represents to you like okay, that this is the type of founders that Indonesia needs to grow. You know, like this is good. No, maybe maybe name is a bit too much, but. Uh, when we talk about characteristics of founders, right? We, we just we we're just mentioning about okay, when you do an angel ticket, like what type of things do you look at? Yeah. But looking at an all-round entrepreneur who's able not just to not just not just to to, to get an angel to, to write a check, but to be really able to build to build something at scale, to build mm-hmm. something with impact. What do you think would be like some core characteristics of of these successful entrepreneurs, in your opinion? I think. Uh an entrepreneur have to have the tenacity because, mm. you know, uh, that's really important. Like, uh, you know, somebody who can push themselves and um, and not give up easily. I think that's the most important because yeah. I think entrepreneur, entre- entrepreneur's problem is always like if something bad happened and they yeah. just like fold yeah. and you know, they decide, okay, bye, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneur with tenacity, with uh, the resilience, you know, they have to be resilient. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, um, for me, it's also really important for entrepreneur to have integrity because yeah. that's really important. <laughs> Without yeah. that, uh, then you're, you, you're not going to be, yeah, not going to yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I think, innovative and being a creative entrepreneur is also also really important because uh, when you have a company and you know and you stop you cannot just stop thinking you have to keep on thinking non-stop what to do next what to grow next how to open up more market or whatever and that needs uh, innovations and creative creativity so that's mm. really really important as well uh, and because you know there were there are probably times when you have to pivot when you pivot, you don't have that innovative mind or, yeah. you know, creative mind, then, you know, you're not going anywhere as well. So I think that's, that's just uh, some of the things that I look at in, in, in entrepreneurs, they have to be resilient with mm. tenacity, uh, with creative mind and innovate, uh, innovation always um, in the back of their mind as well. Mm. And they have to also be somebody with character, with integrity, because, you know, if you don't have that also, and then you, you are such a, you know a weak yeah. with a weak character of a yeah. entrepreneur so we don't want that because you know it's not easy being an entrepreneur no it's and tough I'm sure you know that yourself. <laughs> it's, it's tough it's tough what do you think entrepreneur or do you see yourself you see yourself more as an entrepreneur or an investor i'm an entrepreneur in the beginning that's, of course. that's clear that's yeah. clear that's so clear <laughs> and i think i'm still an entrepreneur because i always like have too much ideas on my head yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you know like i still want to do things but i have kind of have to you know stop myself because i'm actually helping a number of other entrepreneurs so i should be like concentrating on them instead of creating more stuff yeah. you know <laughs> but you know i'm always excited every day like i always always get ideas like oh i want to do this i want to do that but then 
you know, ideas without executions are nothing. You know? okay. So, you know, I'd rather let other people do it then now, these days. Yeah, yeah that, that's so good. Hey, uh, a final question I want to ask you is, uh, is this, yes. right? Um, let's, wait, let's, let's fast forward into the future, somewhere far, far into the future. And uh, I tried to Google uh, Boo Boo and uh, I don't see anything. I tried to Google your, uh, tried to search your name on LinkedIn and I don't see anything. And I tried to Google your name, and and the only thing I see on Google are actually three, uh, are three life lessons, right? And these these lessons are, let's say, your final message uh, to the world. And this could be life lessons, could be business lessons, okay. whatever type of lessons you want to share. What would those lessons be? I think uh, the first thing I always tell the startup is that failures is not something to be afraid of. Because, you know, I failed more than 10 times, you know, no, more than 10, way more than 10 mm. times. Mm. And, you know, I think that that those failures are actually my assets because yeah. um, because of those failures, this is where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot of things from being, you know, creating something that is failed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't be afraid because what you need to do is like always see things uh, on a different angle. So for instance, you felt that you have failed on something, try to see it on a different angle, yeah. an angle yeah. that has a positive side, even though it's a tiny bit, but just concentrate on that positivity instead of like, you know, the big part that, you know, you yeah. think that was a failure. So yeah. actually with that mindset, you can actually turn things around. It's just mm. incredible. I mean, like, I mean, it sounds so cliche and it sounds so, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's actually it, you know, yeah. it's like, you just have to think positive, find yeah. something that's positive out of that incident or mm. that failure that you have. And then, mm. Suddenly, when you you only concentrate on the positive side, suddenly everything's just turned around, and you you pro probably see. Oh, now I know why I failed this. It's because because I failed this. This thing comes or this mm. things happen. You know. Mm. Mm. So you know that's that's actually my my advice nowadays for the startups. Like, don't be afraid to fail. So that's yeah. why when you have an idea and you believe in your idea and you're passionate about your idea, my advice: just start it. Just do mm. it. Yeah. Execute it mm. because you know you cannot be telling people, Oh, that was my idea, and mm. that person's doing it, you know, like, mm. but that was my idea first. Like, yeah, so yeah. what if it's your idea and you're nope. not doing it? Don't yeah. don't tell me it's yours, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know that one. We all, we all know those people, <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> so, don't be afraid right. to fail, would be number one, yes. And you know, if you have a good idea and you're passionate about it, just execute it. That's probably mm. number two, yeah. <laughs> Execute it. Don't don't talk yeah, too much. Just do it. Don't talk too much. Just what, do it. What, what will be number three? What will be the last one? What was the last one? Um, huh. Last one would be um for me is dream big. It's really true. Like it, it, it's like um when you can visualize something in your head, it's actually you will be able to touch it one day. Yeah. Trust me on that. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, just keep thinking about it. Use your feeling. That's the the formula. Like, think about it. Make positive thinking. Of course, it has to be positive thinking. You know. Yeah. And then you use your feeling. Like, oh my god, if I one day if I have this, then yeah. you know, suddenly it's in front of your eyes. Trust me on that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think when we visualize, <laughs> we dream big. I think we we awaken certain things uh, inside. 
uh, which uh, yeah. which gives us also a bit of purpose, right? So I think that is uh, yeah. that is amazing. Shinta, uh, yeah. it's uh, it's always a pleasure to 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 chat with you, uh, and I know we could go on for hours, but I want to respect your time as well. So uh, I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, and it's such an interesting journey to go from you know to actually still being an entrepreneur. Uh, but at the same time, investing. And I think what you do with uh, really shaping and helping the ecosystem is amazing. And I want to acknowledge you for that. I always appreciate time with you. And uh, hopefully we can meet each other soon uh, sure. in real life. And yeah, I would like also to thank you for always supporting because I know you're very supportive when I ask you, oh, Andrew, I need this. And then like, just like, here, let me support you. So, you know, like we do this for the industry. So let's, exactly. Exactly. let's do it together. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shinta, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Masters of Cashflow podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share this with a friend that you think would be inspired or could learn something from this. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Masters of Cashflow podcast over on Apple and Spotify. And I'd really appreciate if you can leave a rating and review on Apple and let me know what your biggest takeaway is of this episode. I want to leave you with this final thought that the difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. It's all about doing, not about dreaming, not just about talking, but execution is what really makes a difference. I want to wish you an amazing day. Thanks a lot for spending time with me and I hope to see you in the next episode.